Hey guys, and welcome to the new episode of Automated Seller Podcast. Today I have a very special episode because I brought two special guests. So first of all, uh, we have Dustin, who was already on our podcast. We actually talked about um, Selling Partner API, uh, features, issues, problems, everything around that. And uh, Dustin is an advertisement technology manager working for Better AMS, which is a leading advertisement agency uh, in the Amazon world. Hi, Dustin. How are you? Good, Jacob. Thank you very much for having me on again. It's a pleasure to be back. Sure, sure. Good to have you here. And yeah, the second guest is uh, Jakub Riegel, who is actually a CTO at Delta Logic. So again, uh, I don't have to introduce ourselves, but for all of the new listeners, we are a custom software agency that focuses on building uh, tools for Amazon sellers, agencies, uh, vendors, and kind of everything around that. So yeah, Jakub, good to have you here. How are you? Hey, Jakub, good to be here. Finally having this conversation and in this mode. Awesome. Awesome. It's, it's your first podcast, isn't it? Yeah, my first podcast ever. That's, that's, that's perfect. So yes, guys, I, I can see this podcast uh, to basically, um, I want to challenge both of you so we can tackle down, um, all of the pretty much, you know, knowledge insights from both advertisement API, Amazon advertisement API and Amazon selling partner API. I know that we've been talking with you, Dustin, already that we could start with, a a topic of uh, real-time data, right? So I would like you maybe to start. Um, what is this concept about, right? Because last time we, we've been talking a lot about the reports API, how to gather the data, um, parse it, certain database. And now I would like to go a little bit more into the topics of real-time data, especially in a selling partner API and advertisement API. Mm -hmm. So it appears that Amazon is going more in the direction of providing us with real-time data. And the biggest difference um, mechanically in the back, and Jakob, you can also comment on this as, as you see fit, but typically, traditionally, you'd have the API where you'd send a request, you'd get a report back based on the definitions that you you sent it. So if you specify a specific date range, then you'll get all of the sales data or inventory data or clicks and impressions based on that. However, it's completely different when we're dealing with real-time data, at least on the advertising side. I'll leave the SP API side up to Jakob, but you're going to send essentially one subscription to subscribe yourself to the real-time data. And instead of sending continuous requests and getting responses back, all of the responses will go into essentially an inbox, a queue on AWS, and then you pull all of the messages as they're coming in and then populate your database with those. So yeah, I can add that we here basically are inverting the classical structure of getting the data from external source because now they are basically pushing the data into the uh, system of the client with which can be our integration. Uh, so we basically can forget about rate limiting because now the Amazon is the part which is challenging us, not that not, not we are challenging the rate limits anymore, uh, which is great, especially if we have a lot of data and you want to be as close to real time as possible. Uh, but there are also new challenges because we, we are now in distributed and asynchronous world. So I guess we will talk later about that, but uh, really nice technological challenges, which brings like huge opportunity for the uh for the businesses to utilize this data mm -hmm. yeah so speaking also of um selling partner api right Jakub, like 
what kind of categories of this API would you assign to a real-time data? Mm -hmm. So they basically uh, talk about it as notifications API, uh, which like for the people with a more tech background could be maybe better introduced as an event-based API, which basically they are just throwing events at, uh, at you. Uh, they also have, uh, like in the, the classical APIs, they have things that can be uh, considered as something similar to real-time API. For example, they have uh, the report, which is uh, returning you the current uh, list of orders that were not shipped, which is like really useful. And you still need to pull for this uh, report, but it's refreshed in the real time. So you can get like very easily, you can get something like real time. Uh, but I will focus on the notifications API and on the actual events here. So they let you listen to changes on Amazon and they, 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 these are changes in your account, like in your offers, but also in the offers of your competitors, for example, and uh, also in your listings, in your branded items. So basically anything that happens on the platform and uh, its result is change of the data, uh, you can basically listen for it and, and react, which can, for example, reprise her that is uh, taking immediate action or uh, it can be some customer service application that is taking immediate action on the complaint on order. Exactly. I think it, one of the great examples here is uh, especially the app that we've developed for one of our clients that aggregates all of the information about health of the accounts and problems with accounts to a Jira uh, platform, right? So we iterate, over, not, not kind of iterate, we, we set up this in the way that basically we listen to hundred, uh, I think it's even more than hundred accounts, covers all of the notification to the one place, um, which, is, which is really useful, actually. Um, I wonder what are the use cases for you, Dustin, for advertisement API? Like, how, how do you handle it? I know that you have some internal tools, so I would be happy to hear about them. Yeah, so the primary use in the industry, I think at this point, by default, is day parting. So for the first time, we're able to have data on an hourly basis pushed as far as traffic metrics and conversion metrics that are able to allow us to see when day parting actually makes sense. Because what we find is that when the ad auction resets at midnight PST, everybody's back in budget. And now that everybody's back in budget, everybody's bidding on the same keywords. So the CPCs are higher inconveniently also at the time where conversion rates and the amount of traffic on the platform is the lowest. So we find that we can have a ROAS of below $1 from the hours of midnight to 4 a.m. And <clears throat> over time, I would su suspect this to equilibrate, but what we see right now is that during these lower traffic, lower conversion, high CPC hours in the morning, if you day part those away and shift your spend to the later higher traffic parts of the afternoon or evening, then you can actually essentially distribute your budget and your spend to that point where you're getting a lot better return on it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That, that, that's, that's, yeah, that's very interesting. Actually, I could, did we encounter anything like this in one of our projects or we haven't done it yet? I, I wonder. Yeah, this is something that uh, is kind of like anticipated by the, the, the our clients uh, from the outside, like since long. So uh, there were, like tries in the past to, to basically have this like early data or something like estimated so that you can at least see what's going on. But this is really nice example of the real-time data where we actually do not necessarily 
like take an real-time action. Of course, we can take real-time action for the meeting, but we can use it just in the way so that we can uh, have a statistics which are like uh, on hourly basis. Because in the past, when you when we were asking about the data for say last day or last week, we 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 got them like in the weekly or daily interval. And now we can just listen to them, do not take any action like immediately, but after a week we have like super detailed statistics like regarding like per hour action. So. We can achieve everything what we had before plus more, and this is our creativity and our business needs, which basically uh, can lead us to really nice results. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Do you think it actually had a huge also impact in, uh, I would say, nowadays, especially in the age of AI, when there's so much of platforms uh, which optimize your bits? Um, basically, yeah, they they manage all like I wouldn't say all of it, but they they try to build. Like I've seen, I had some guests also that had some platforms basically with an AI for advertisement um, on Amazon. And I just wonder, do you feel like this would be like a game changer also for that, since we have right now super accurate data right away? I do, because the granularity of the data is so much more rich. After running this for several weeks on a larger account, you can end up with over a billion rows of data in your database, which you can't even come close to that on the advertising side without getting the hourly granularity where I think it also is really going to shine. There's a whole other aspect to it as far as budget management and allocating spend. So if you're going through, I don't know, like Prime Day, for instance, over oh, the yeah. last two days, based on the last Prime Day where we had all of those outages, we go into this one, performance is fantastic. But now we have these hourly increments of how much budget you've, you've gone through in these campaigns. So it allows us to really convey these details in a lot higher granularity and confidence level to our clients when we're getting hourly feedback. You've spent 15% of budget on these campaigns. You spent 75, this much of the day is left. So you can really like clearly and intelligently allocate the spend in a way that without this, you never could. And then going back to your main point, having something that's driven by AI reading this, allocating your budget and bids that before we never we never could. Yeah, there is also a huge space for uh, getting the actual data because we have out there many excellent tools that are working on data, which was actually like estimated. And this estimate, those estimations were like good enough to, to make some decisions. Uh, but now with the real-time data, we basically can have this data, not estimated, but, but actual, at least some of them. So the, uh, the way how accurate the tools are will be like better and better. And also like, it will be much easier to have accurate tool developed insight in your, in your organization, because you don't need to basically figure out how to estimate it because you have the data. So that's awesome. Especially if you are running an advertisement agency, I feel like if you understand it properly, you gain like competitive edge uh, yeah. among your competitors. We bring the competition to another level because like for now that the competition was, yeah, we can use like everyone can build buy the same tool and they, they can basically like, you know, be on the same level of the competitiveness and only that the budgets were uh, dictating the, the rules. And now we, when you can basically easily build like an advanced tool yourself, then basically it's your know-how and your ideas which can bring like you forward uh, and to distance you from the competitors. Awesome. Now, actually, I just wanted to ask you both guys for more technical side on, on this discussion. So, because there's a lot of developers who are actually listening to our podcast, um, coming from all of the videos on uh, SPAPI now actually 
we have um, start, we started recording some tutorials on advertisement API that will be live at some point, I think uh, maybe in two or three weeks. But what I want to ask you is, what does it take to build such a thing uh, on both um, SP API and advertisement API? And I'm talking specifically about sec- setting this um, up uh, on AWS and connecting this and getting the requests. As far as the marketing stream hourly data on the advertising side, that all flows through the same API. So you would need the same, um, you'd use your same um, client key secret uh, tokens. Everything like that flows through exactly the same. The only difference is you have the subscription that you're passing. If you've never dealt with an SQSQ and AWS, that is something that you do need to set up. I would recommend the documentation has a cloud formation um, YAML file that you can just copy and paste. It's much easier than trying to set up the queue yourself. I tried that multiple times and just ran into issue after issue. So I would highly recommend going that route. But aside from using the queue, you need some means of emptying the SQS queue. So you could either use a Lambda function or uh, the Google the Google counterpart to it. I like to use Elastic Beanstalk applications because the amount of data and the amount of time that this is running could exceed what a Lambda might use. Um, if you want to set it up based on every time something enters the queue and then emptying it, I like to do it multiple times a day, but not necessarily every time a message hits it. So either Elastic Beanstalk or um, Lambda or some kind of EC2 um, instance that that you can program yourself outside of Elastic Beanstalk. And then, of course, somewhere to put the data. So I typically, I like to keep everything within the AWS ecosystem. So I like RDS, MySQL database. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I think uh, Jakub has actually different opinions, especially on the uh, server side. Uh, I think we go a little bit more on a serverless um, approach. So I would love to hear your opinion, Jakub. That's right. We typically like try to be as serverless as possible. Uh, that's especially useful when we are building MVPs because we have like super, super fast or super short time to, to actually deployment. Uh, but I will talk about different approach for the real-time data because you, uh, Dustin, you said about like queuing the data and then taking it like after some interval and just processing it. Uh, the other approach is to actually process it in the real time as it comes. And here, the really good example is to listen for orders uh, notification and uh, basically like get the data from your orders, which, which is particularly uh, important when you, for example, do same day delivery. Uh, it's basically the faster you get the information about the order, the better for you. So, so here you can actually like set up your queue on AWS. There is a nice uh, list of steps on the uh, SPAPA docs and also Jakob, you were talking about this on the YouTube channel. Uh, so you can set this up on AWS with the Lambda or also with a little bit uh, you can uh, set up a console application that is just running on your laptop and listening for those events. Uh, and basically in a few minutes have uh, every order locked to your console uh, as it comes to the to the uh, to the amazon which is like a true true power of that and uh, like brings your your business uh, brings your business to the real time so yeah this is like and this is again like you can you should start simple if you never uh, use anything that is like asynchronous or or event based and then like starting with an app that is just logging the uh, orders to your console or Lambda, which is just pushing them to, to DynamoDB or, or logging them to, to the, the AWS logs. This is like everything. And then when you see this, this is like, this is the only thing you need to have to, to basically get this data. And 
uh, from this point on, then everything you do is just classical software development you did with uh, any other APIs. Very nice. Yes, for for the for the SP API set, I would definitely agree. Having something that's more real time than what I'm describing, I think would definitely be beneficial. On the advertising side, where I find that this is more advantageous is looking at it on an hourly basis over a six week period. So I think by default, the documentation recommends having something that's listening to the queues so that it is actively emptying it as messages come in in real time. I find it it's a little bit easier to just pre-process the messages so that essentially in the database for every any given profile ID, you've got essentially 24 rows. So you can look at your hourly on a 24 hour basis and say on a day parting chart, okay, what does my performance look like? So rather than ending up with a table that has, you know, a billion rows and then having to aggregate that into ultimately 24 hour windows, I can just take all the messages, aggregate them into their 24 hour windows and then update the, the table as, as it comes in. But several different ways to approach this. I mean, I, I admittedly, I, this is my first experience dealing with real time data. So, um, I'm, I'm still in the learning process as well. There is huge space for like doing nice engineering in the, in, in that area, because even if you don't want to process them in the real time, maybe it's a good idea to uh, take them in the real time from the queue and then put them into some database that they are there cached and waiting for to, for being picked up by, by something else. If you use them for like two different purposes, let's say you use your uh, orders events for like fulfilling the orders, but also for making some uh, business analytics later, then you can basically have your queue connected to uh, two different outlets. One of them, let's be like data mm -hmm. warehouse or even some managed solutions. And second them, let's be just like a, the server which is fulfilling the orders, uh, then for those you can actually move the, the parts of this logic to the infrastructure so that you don't need to call this. So, so it's, it's, it can get complicated uh, if you over-engineer it, but on the other hand, it's like you should experiment. I would advise everyone to experiment with this and basically like draw the pipeline that, that, that you would like to have because this is all made uh, to be like they are actually delivering those as a AWS queries, uh, not only because it's probably easier for them to do it because they're hosting a, a SP API and Ads API on AWS, uh, but also to give you full flexibility because even if you if you don't want to use Q, you can just implement Lambda, which will be hitting your uh, server with uh, post HTTP post request for, for every event. And this way you have a classical webhook which works like even, like any other REST application. So uh, there is huge space to, to, to basically experiment and uh, I encourage anyone to do because it's uh, like really cool area of, of, of software engineering. Yeah, I really like I really like to see all of different uh, approaches to build applications uh, like apps around Amazon tools, right? I mean, the community, especially for SP API advertisement API developers, it's not it's not that big. So I, I really enjoy always um, having those conversations. Um, now, speaking of data, actually, I want to um, like go to the next um, topic, especially um, dealing the data, like especially. Uh, recently, Jakub, um, I know that we had some issues um, retrieving the proper data from Selling Partner API and Advertisement API. Like the data was kind of, um, I don't know, was it like it has some issues? There were some issues in it, right? Could you tell a little bit more? And I wonder, Dustin, if you also encounter such uh, problems. 
So I, I, I also think that Dustin might be like a better person to talk about this because this is particularly the case with the uh, specifics of ad Amazon advertisement, but uh, for the SPAPI and especially the reports you often or sometimes have some differences in, in the data over time, that might be because that if you check your, your daily sales and traffic, then you might have particular numbers, but say in two weeks, someone returns an item, but of course this needs to be subtracted for your sales, so this might change. So for the classical data, there is a good practice to, when you download it, when it's fresh, then delete it and redownload it again after 30 days so that you, you are sure that this is fresh. Uh, and this is also the case uh, for the uh, asynchronous data or real-time data. If you get your, your information uh, in the real-time, it's, it's nice because you can actually like use it now uh, in the real-time or close to real-time. Uh, but for consistency, you might want to, after a few days, ask again for the same data so that you can uh, basically be, be, be consistent with, with what's on Amazon. Like if you, if you got a notification about order, and this order has two items and someone returned one item, then you probably want to have this in your application. On the other hand, if you're listening to events like any offer change, which basically gives you a price change, then uh, basically each each consecutive event is deprecated the previous one because if the, if the um, price have changed, then of course the, the price from the uh, from the past event wouldn't like make any sense to, to, to be like kept as the actual price at all. So if you, uh, get the event today now about a particular price then in 30 days obviously this price will be different so for, for this like we cannot like achieve the, this this level of consistency uh but but what we can do for example is to have a history of the data and this is this is the power of uh, of this kind of uh, apis mm -hmm. where i see errors i wouldn't even call them errors so much i i haven't ha i haven't been able to make a tie completely to parts of the ui the ad console and whatnot but I wouldn't expect it to perfectly tie anyways. I find that a bulk file, a typical report from the API and the UI don't always tie anyways, but um, attribution over a 30-day period definitely changes. That impacts everything. If you're basing your decisions based on spend coming in in real time versus the sales that you're seeing, according to Amazon Marketing Cloud, I think the average time between a click and an order is somewhere around eight to 10 days. That's much higher than I would have expected it, but across the platform, that's what we see. So you can't attribute your ROAS or certain spend to a certain amount of sales if the sale hasn't even happened yet. And that click is just sitting there. You've seen the spend. After roughly 14 days, when you pull that data again or when it nets out from other messages that come in, then I find that it is a lot more clean at that point. So I would recommend that if you're trying to base things on real time, from hourly data and marketing stream that you just keep that in mind that the attribution is going to be something that just is not solvable. It's a reality of being an advertiser. Sure. Uh, Jakub, I don't know if you have something to add uh, also on that. Or... Yeah, just, just, I can say that just this, this attribution period for, for ads is often a case for, for, for the clients and it's, uh, uh, but it, it, it's not an issue. Like it, it's just the, the how, how the, this works. You don't know about the sale if it haven't happened yet. Got it. Do, do you think it will change in the future? Like, do you think that the advertisement team will somehow do a change to that, or it will be just like that? 
So I think they do it correctly as it is because they attribute the sale to the hour and the date of the, of the click. That way you can see exactly what's going on. You don't want to pause your advertising campaigns based on when sales are happening because you're advertising for an impression and for a click. So there's nothing that can be done if spend comes in, somebody bookmarks it five o'clock in the morning and they buy it after work two or three days, a few days later. That's just yeah. the reality of advertising. So there's really nothing that can be done as far as the mechanics of it. You just have to know this inherently as an advertiser, you have to act with caution on data that's that's fresh, even though it's in real time, it's just the reality of it. Got it, got it. Now, um, since I have both of you here, having you know so much experiences in different APIs, I would love to um, get to know more information for our um, listeners about challenges and difficulties, especially when working with a selling partner API and advertising API. So maybe, Jakub, we'll start with the SP API first, and then, um, of course, Dustin, if you have something to add on this one, uh, feel free to, to add, and then afterwards we'll jump to the advertisement API. Yeah, I think in the, in the context of this notification API, it's basically the, the, all the same challenges that uh, everyone experienced when working in a distributed system or asynchronous system. So uh, notifications or events, they are great tool because they come and uh, they, they bring the data, but uh, they might not come on, they, they might be delayed or they might change order. Uh, which are the situations that you need to like make your application be ready for. Of course, if you just are using this for, for statistics, it doesn't really matter whether you get like the clicks in order or if they are, you know, ordered different way because you even eventually aggregate this on the side of your database. Right. But for example, if you get a notification about change of the state of a particular entity, let's say we have entity which is new, in progress and don't state, it might be the case in a synchronous world that you first get the in progress event and secondly, that you get the new event. And your application needs to deal with that. This is a part of this world. Of course, Amazon and any other provider of events, they, they are doing their best to, to deliver orders like at the highest quality, but uh, it is just, uh, just the core characteristic of, of this world that something might be, be delayed and you also need to be uh, able to basically continue your business even if something is delayed because if you like base your uh, say fulfillment or on offer stay on order change events uh, then you might be uh, really like in bad situation when they are not coming for six hours because something broke and this this is that happens so let's say for this situation you need to have like some mechanism that if you don't get any order in an hour and you typically were getting more than one orders in an hour, then let's maybe check on the SPAPI classical endpoint whether there was something created. Uh, and this also brings another challenge because the, the, the events, they will eventually come. So you need to basically make sure that you don't process anything uh, uh, to time. So concepts like hidden potency, for example, are very important here. Uh, this might sound like it's, it's, it's getting a bit more complicated than, than using um, the, the classical APIs, but but actually this is just for the classical API, like as API, you, you also need to retry your uh, request if something fails because things fail sometimes. So this is just new problems, but of, of the same kind, I would say. I think that's a great summary. Um, and oh, I yeah. would just point back to the attribution issues that I, I was mentioning before, as far as the advertising side, 
just keeping all of that in mind and understanding that it won't always net out exactly to what you're seeing in the ad console. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. I think it was a really nice conversation. We should definitely do it, do it again. I would even advise for all of you who are listening to challenge us, basically. Uh, write your uh, problems, like uh, write your use cases in the comments, and then we can aggregate all of this and then maybe answer all of your challenges, questions in, in the next episode. That would be awesome. What, what do you think, guys? Let's see. Let's see Fantastic. what they got. Yeah. Awesome. Do you, do you have any, any anything to ask with the audience? Um, Dustin, uh, do you want to share anything? Um, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good at this point. Thank you. Awesome. So yes, uh, Jakub, also thank, thank you, Dustin. Thank you. And for all of you who are listening again, uh, Dustin uh, is working at Better AMS. Uh, I will make sure to include all of the information in the description. So if you are looking uh, for help with the advertisement uh, and looking for a reliable partner, I would say Better AMS is a perfect choice. So uh, make sure to check them out. And yeah, thanks a lot, guys. It was very nice. Um, yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.